letter thirteen of red gauntlet by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah letter thirteen alan fairford to darcy latimer i write on the instant as you direct and in a tragi-comic humour for i have a tear in my eye and a smile on my cheek dearest darcy sure never a being but yourself could be so generous sure never a being but yourself could be so absurd i remember when you were a boy you wished to make your fine new whip a present to old aunt peggy merely because she admired it and now with like unreflecting and inappropriate liberality you would resign your beloved to a smoke-dried young sophister who cares not one of the hairs which it is his occupation to split for all the daughters of eve i in love with your lilius your green mantle your unknown enchantress why i scarce saw her for five minutes and even then only the tip of her chin was distinctly visible she was well made and the tip of her chin was of a most promising cast for the rest of the face but heaven save you she came upon business and for a lawyer to fall in love with a pretty client on a single consultation would be as wise as if he became enamoured of a particularly bright sunbeam which chanced for a moment to gild his barwig i give you my word i am heart whole and moreover i assure you that before i suffer a woman to sit near my heart's core i must see her full face without mask or mantle ay and know a good deal of her mind into the bargain so never fret yourself on my account my kind and generous darcy but for your own sake have a care and let not an idle attachment so lightly taken up lead you into serious danger on this subject i feel so apprehensive that now when i am decorated with the honours of the gown i should have abandoned my career at the very starting to come to you but for my father having contrived to clog my heels with fetters of a professional nature i will tell you the matter at length for it is comical enough and why should not you list to my juridical adventures as well as i to those of your fiddling knight errantry it was after dinner and i was considering how i might best introduce to my father the private resolution i had formed to set off for dumfrieshire or whether i had not better run away at once and plead my excuse by letter when assuming the peculiar look with which he communicates any of his intentions respecting me that he suspects may not be altogether acceptable alan he said ye now wear a gown ye have opened shop 
as we would say of a more mechanical profession and doubtless ye think the floor of the courts is strewed with guineas and that ye have only to stoop down to gather them i hope i am sensible sir i replied that i have some knowledge and practice to acquire and must stoop for that in the first place it is well said answered my father and always afraid to give too much encouragement at it very well said if it be well acted up to stoop to get knowledge and practice is the very word ye know very well alan that in the other faculty who study the ars medendi before the young doctor gets to the bedsides of palaces he must as they call it walk the hospitals and cure lazarus of his sores before he be admitted to prescribe for dives when he has gout or indigestion i am aware sir that whisht do not interrupt the court well also the chirurgians have a useful practice by which they put their apprentices and tyrones to work upon senseless dead bodies to which as they can do no good so they certainly can do as little harm while at the same time the tyro or apprentice gains experience and becomes fit to whip off a leg or arm from a living subject as cleanly as ye would slice an onion i believe i guess your meaning sir answered i and were it not for a very particular engagement do not speak to me of engagements but whisht there is a good lad and do not interrupt the court my father you know is apt be it said with all filial duty to be a little prolix in his harangues i had nothing for it but to lean back and listen maybe you think alan because i have doubtless the management of some actions in dependence whilk my worthy clients have entrusted me with that i may think of erting them your way instanter and so setting you up in practice so far as my small business or influence may go and doubtless alan that is a day whilk i hope may come round but then before i give as the proverb hath it my own fish guts to my own sea maws i must for the sake of my own character be very sure that my sea can pick them to some purpose what say ye i am so far answered i from wishing to get early into practice sir that i would willingly bestow a few days in further study ye would say ellen but that is not the way either ye must walk the hospitals ye must cure lazarus ye must cut and carve on a departed subject to show your skill i am sure i replied i will undertake the cause of any poor man with pleasure and bestow as much pains upon it as if it were a duke's but for the next two or three days they must be devoted to close study alan very close study indeed 
for ye must stand primed for a hearing in presentia dominorum upon tuesday next ay sir i replied in astonishment i have not opened my mouth in the outer house yet never mind the court of the gentiles man said my father we will have you into the sanctuary at once over shoes over boots but sir i should really spoil any cause thrust on me so hastily ye cannot spoil it alan said my father rubbing his hands with much complacency that is the very cream of the business man it is just as i said before a subject upon whilk all the tyrones have been trying their whittles for fifteen years and as there have been about ten or a dozen agents concerned and each took his own way the case is come to that pass that stair or amiston could not mend it and i do not think even you alan can do it much harm ye may get credit by it but ye can lose none and pray what is the name of my happy client sir said i ungraciously enough i believe it is a well-known name in the parliament house replied my father to say the truth i expect him every moment it is peter peebles peter peebles exclaimed i in astonishment he is an insane beggar as poor as job and as mad as a march hare he has been pleading in the court for fifteen years said my father in a tone of commiseration which seemed to acknowledge that this fact was enough to account for the poor man's condition both in mind and circumstances besides sir i added he is on the poor's roll and you know there are advocates regularly appointed to manage those cases and for me to presume to interfere whisht alan never interrupt the court all that is managed for ye like a teed ball my father sometimes draws his similes from his once favourite game of golf you must know alan that peter's cause was to have been opened by young dumtusty ye may ken the lad a son of dumtusty of that ilk member of parliament for the county of and a nephew of the laird's younger brother worthy lord bladderskate whilk ye are aware sounds as like being akin to a peat-ship formerly a lawyer supposed to be under the peculiar patronage of any particular judge was invidiously termed his peat or pet and a sheriffdom as a sieve is sib to a riddle now peter drudget my lord's clerk came to me this morning in the house like one bereft of his wits for it seems that young dumtusty is one of the poor's lawyers and peter peebles process has been remitted to him of course but so soon as the hare-brained goose saw the pokes process bags as indeed alan they are none of the least he took fright called for his nag 
laugh on and away to the country is he gone and so said peter my lord is at his wit's end with vexation and shame to see his nevoy break off the course at the very starting i'll tell you peter said i were i my lord and a friend or kinsman of mine should leave the town while the court was sitting that kinsman or be he what he liked should never darken my door again and then alan i thought to turn the ball our own way and i said that you were a gay sharp berkey just off the irons and if it would oblige my lord and so forth you would open peter's cause on tuesday and make some handsome apology for the necessary absence of your learned friend and the loss which your client and the court had sustained and so forth peter lap at the proposition like a cock at a grossart for he said the only chance was to get a new hand that did not ken the charge he was taking upon him for there was not a lad of two sessions standing that was not dead sick of peter peebles and his cause and he advised me to break the matter gently to you at the first but i told him you were a good bairn alan and had no will and pleasure in these matters but mine what could i say darcy in answer to this arrangement so very well meant so very vexatious at the same time to imitate the defection and flight of young dumtusty was at once to destroy my father's hopes of me for ever nay such is the keenness with which he regards all connected with his profession it might have been a step to breaking his heart i was obliged therefore to bow in sad acquiescence when my father called to james wilkinson to bring the two bits of pokes he would find on his table exit james and presently re-enters bending under the load of two huge leathern bags full of papers to the brim and labelled on the greasy backs with the magic impress of the clerks of court and the title peebles against plainstains this huge mass was deposited on the table and my father with no ordinary glee in his countenance began to draw out the various bundles of papers secured by none of your red tape or whipcord but stout substantial casts of tarred rope such as might have held small craft at their moorings i made a last and desperate effort to get rid of the impending job i am really afraid sir that this case seems so much complicated and there is so little time to prepare that we had better move the court to supersede it till next session how sir how ellen said my father would you approbate and reprobate sir you have accepted the poor man's cause and if you have not his fee in your pocket it is because he has none to give you and now would you approbate and reprobate in the same breath of your mouth 
think of your oath of office alan and your duty to your father my dear boy once more what could i say i saw from my father's hurried and alarmed manner that nothing could vex him so much as failing in the point he had determined to carry and once more intimated my readiness to do my best under every disadvantage well well my boy said my father the lord will make your days long in the land for the honour you have given to your father's grey hairs you may find wiser advisers alan but none that can wish you better my father you know does not usually give way to expressions of affection and they are interesting in proportion to their rarity my eyes began to fill at seeing his glisten and my delight at having given him such sensible gratification would have been unmixed but for the thoughts of you these out of the question i could have grappled with the bags had they been as large as corn-sacks but to turn what was grave into farce the door opened and wilkinson ushered in peter peebles you must have seen this original darcy who like others in the same predicament continues to haunt the courts of justice where he has made shipwreck of time means and understanding such insane paupers have sometimes seemed to me to resemble wrecks lying upon the shoals on the goodwin sands or in yarmouth roads warning other vessels to keep aloof from the banks on which they have been lost or rather such ruined clients are like scarecrows and potato bogies distributed through the courts to scare away fools from the scene of litigation the identical peter wears a huge great coat threadbare and patched itself yet carefully so disposed and secured by what buttons remain and many supplementary pins as to conceal the still more infirm state of his undergarments the shoes and stockings of a ploughman were however seen to meet at his knees with a pair of brownish blackish breeches a rusty-coloured handkerchief that has been black in its day surrounded his throat and was an apology for linen his hair half grey half black escaped in elf locks around a huge wig made of tow as it seemed to me and so much shrunk that it stood up on the very top of his head above which he plants when covered an immense cocked hat which like the chieftain's banner in an ancient battle may be seen any ceterant day betwixt nine and ten high towering above all the fluctuating and changeful scene in the outer house where his eccentricities often make him the centre of a group of petulant and teasing boys who exercise upon him every art of ingenious torture his countenance originally that of a portly comely burgess is now emaciated 
with poverty and anxiety and rendered wild by an insane lightness about the eyes a withered and blighted skin and complexion features begrimed with snuff charged with the self-importance peculiar to insanity and a habit of perpetually speaking to himself such was my unfortunate client and i must allow darcy that my profession had need to do a great deal of good if as is much to be feared it brings many individuals to such a pass after we had been with a good deal of form presented to each other at which time i easily saw by my father's manner that he was desirous of supporting peter's character in my eyes as much as circumstances would permit allan he said this is the gentleman who has agreed to accept of you as his counsel in place of young dumtowsty entirely out of favour to my old acquaintance your father said peter with a benign and patronising countenance out of respect to your father and my old intimacy with lord bladderskate otherwise by the regium magistatum i would have presented a petition and complaint against daniel dumtowsty advocate by name and surname i would by all the practiques i know the forms of process and i am not to be trifled with my father here interrupted my client and reminded him that there was a good deal of business to do as he proposed to give the young counsel an outline of the state of the conjoined process with a view to letting him into the merits of the cause disencumbered from the points of form i have made a short abbreviate mr peebles said he having sat up late last night and employed much of this morning in wading through these papers to save allan some trouble and i am now about to state the result i will state it myself said peter breaking in without reverence upon his solicitor no by no means said my father i am your agent for the time mine eleventh in number said peter i have a new one every year i wish i could get a new coat as regularly your agent for the time resumed my father and you who are acquainted with the forms know that the client states the cause to the agent the agent to the counsel the counsel to the lord ordinary continued peter once set a-going like the peal of an alarm clock the ordinary to the inner house the president to the bench it is just like the rope to the man the man to the ox the ox to the water the water to the fire hush for heaven's sake mr peebles said my father cutting his recitation short time wears on we must get to business you must not interrupt the court you know hem hem from this abbreviate it appears 
before you begin said peter peebles i'll thank you to order me a morsel of bread and cheese or some cold meat or broth or the like alimentary provision i was so anxious to see your son that i could not eat a mouthful of dinner heartily glad i believe to have so good a chance of stopping his client's mouth effectually my father ordered some cold meat to which james wilkinson for the honour of the house was about to add the brandy bottle which remained on the sideboard but at a wink from my father supplied its place with small beer peter charged the provisions with the rapacity of a famished lion and so well did the diversion engage him that though while my father stated the case he looked at him repeatedly as if he meant to interrupt his statement yet he always found more agreeable employment for his mouth and returned to the cold beef with an avidity which convinced me he had not had such an opportunity for many a day of satiating his appetite omitting much formal phraseology and many legal details i will endeavour to give you in exchange for your fiddler's tale the history of a litigant or rather the history of his lawsuit peter peebles and paul plainstains said my father entered into partnership in the year as mercers and linen drapers in the luckenbooths and carried on a great line of business to mutual advantage but the learned counsel needeth not to be told societist est matter discordiarum partnership oft makes pleaship the company being dissolved by mutual consent in the year the affairs had to be wound up and after certain attempts to settle the matter extra judicially it was at last brought into the court and has branched out into several distinct processes most of whilk have been conjoined by the ordinary it is to the state of these processes that counsel's attention is particularly directed there is the original action of peebles v plainstains convening him for payment of three thousand pounds less or more as alleged balance due by plainstains secondly there is a counter-action in which plainstains is pursuer and peebles defender for twenty five hundred pounds less or more being balance alleged per contra to be due by peebles thirdly mr peebles seventh agent advised an act of compte and reckoning at his instance wherein what balance should prove due on either side might be fairly struck and ascertained fourthly to meet the hypothetical case that peebles might be found liable in a balance to plainstains mr wild goose mr peebles eighth agent recommended a multiple pointing to bring all parties concerned into the field my brain was like to turn at this account of lawsuit within lawsuit like a nest of chip boxes with all of which i was expected to make myself acquainted i understand i said 
that mr peebles claims a sum of money from plainstains how then can he be his debtor and if not his debtor how can he bring a multiple pointing the very summons of which sets forth that the pursuer does owe certain monies which he is desirous to pay by warrant of a judge multiple pointing is i believe equivalent to what is called in england a case of double distress ye know little of the matter i doubt friend said mr peebles a multiple pointing is the safest remedium juris in the whole form of process i have known it conjoined with a declarator of marriage your beef is excellent he said to my father who in vain endeavoured to resume his legal disquisition but something highly powdered and the twopenny is undeniable but it is small swipes small swipes more of hop than malt with your leave i'll try your black bottle my father started to help him with his own hand and in due measure but infinitely to my amusement peter got possession of the bottle by the neck and my father's ideas of hospitality were far too scrupulous to permit his attempting by any direct means to redeem it so that peter returned to the table triumphant with his prey in his clutch better have a wine-glass mr peebles said my father in an admonitory tone you will find it pretty strong if the kirk is o'er muckle we can sing mass in the choir said peter helping himself in the goblet out of which he had been drinking the small beer what is it Uskabar? brandy as i am an honest man i had almost forgotten the name and taste of brandy mr fairford elder your good health a mouthful of brandy mr allan fairford wishing you well through your arduous undertaking another go-down of the comfortable liquor and now though you have given a tolerable breviate of this great lawsuit of whilk everybody has heard something that has walked the boards in the outer house here's to ye again by way of interim decreet yet ye have omitted to speak a word of the arrestments i was just coming to that point mr peebles or to the action of suspension of the charge on the bill i was just coming to that or the advocation of the sheriff court process i was just coming to it as tweed comes to melrose i think said the litigant and then filling his goblet about a quarter full of brandy as if in absence of mind oh mr allan fairford ye are a lucky man to buckle to such a cause as mine at the very outset it is like a specimen of all causes man by the regium there is not a remedium juris in the practiques but you'll find a spice of it here's to your getting well through with it shut i am drinking naked spirits i think but if the heathen he overstrong will christen him with the brewer here he added a little small beer to his beverage paused rolled his eyes 
winked and proceeded mr fairford the action of assault and battery mr fairford when i compelled the villain plainstains to pull my nose within two steps of king charles's statue in the parliament close where i had him in a hose-net never man could tell me how to shape that process no counsel that ever selled mind could condescend and say whether it were best to proceed by way of petition and complaint ad vindictum publicum with consent of his majesty's advocate or by action on the statute for battery pendant light whilk would be the winning my plea at once and so getting a back door out of court by the regium that beef and brandy is unco had at my heart i maun try the ale again sipped a little beer and the ale's but cold i maun even put in the rust of the brandy he was as good as his word and proceeded in so loud and animated a style of elocution thumping the table drinking and snuffing alternately that my father abandoning all attempts to interrupt him sat silent and ashamed suffering and anxious for the conclusion of the scene and then to come back to my pet process of all my battery and assault process when i had the good luck to provoke him to pull my nose at the very threshold of the court whilk was the very thing i wanted mr past ye ken him daddy fairford old past was for making it out hame suckin for he said the court might be said said ugh to be my dwelling-place i dwell more there than any gate else and the essence of hame suckin is to strike a man in his dwelling-place mind that young advocate and so there's hope plainstains may be hanged as many has for a less matter for my lords will past say to the justiciary bodies my lords the parliament house is peebles place of dwelling says he being commune forum and commune forum est commune domicilium lass fetch another glass of and score it time to go home by the practiques i cannot find the jug yet there's twa of them i think by the regium fairford daddy fairford lend us twelve pennies to buy sneeshing mine is done may sir call another cause the box fell from his hands and his body would at the same time have fallen from the chair had not i supported him this is intolerable said my father call a chairman james wilkinson to carry this degraded worthless drunken beast home when peter peebles was removed from this memorable consultation under the care of an able-bodied celt my father hastily bundled up the papers as a showman whose exhibition has miscarried haste to remove his booth here are my memoranda allan he said in a hurried way look them carefully over 
compare them with the processes and turn it in your head before tuesday many a good speech has been made for a beast of a client and hark ye lad hark ye i never intended to cheat you of your fee when all was done though i would have liked to have heard the speech first but there is nothing like corning the horse before the journey here are five gold guineas in a silk purse of your poor mother's netting ellen she would have been a blithe woman to have seen her young son with a gown on his back but no more of that be a good boy and to the work like a tiger i did set to work darcy for who could resist such motives with my father's assistance i have mastered the details confused as they are and on tuesday i shall plead as well for peter peebles as i could for a duke indeed i feel my head so clear on the subject as to be able to write this long letter to you into which however peter and his lawsuit have insinuated themselves so far as to show you how much they at present occupy my thoughts once more be careful of yourself and mindful of me who am ever thine while allan fairford from circumstances to be hereafter mentioned it was long ere this letter reached the person to whom it was addressed End of letter thirteen